coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Ayo Studio. Ayo. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. We've got a great show for you tonight. There's beef between the Jets and the Broncos. The U.S. women's team is elated with a tie. And JT wants to be traded out of Indianapolis. And we're only in training camp. But we'll begin today's show with the MLB trade deadline. Tuesday's deadline saw high-profile names like Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Lucas Giolito, and Jordan Montgomery moved to the American League West. Jordan Hicks solidifying the back end of the Blue Jays' bullpen. And Jack Flaherty bolstering the Baltimore rotation. What's more interesting is the Angels pulling Otani and the Cubs pulling Cody Bellinger off the market. Z, who benefited most, and what should we expect moving forward down the stretch? Well, first and foremost, it's nice to be through the trade deadline because now we have a clear picture of who is a clear buyer, who is a clear seller, who's going for it, who's done, who's treading water. There are some surprises, right? The Angels are clearly going for it, right? You brought in Ronaldo Lopez. You brought in Lucas Giolito. You brought in, you know, you brought in players and pitchers to complement Shohei Otani, right? You pulled Otani back. You're making a run for this thing. You're ready to make a move. And the Blue Jays, they lost Jordan Romano. They went and got Jordan Hicks. That's a good move. Jordan Romano is not done for the year. He's coming back. Mm-hmm. So now what do you do? Do you put Ramon, you slot Romano in in the ninth and Hicks in the eighth? Do you have Hicks as your closer? Do you slot Romano one inning back? That deepens and solidifies your bullpen. I like that move a lot. I like the fact that the White Sox took the opportunity to break up the majority of their team. Yeah. Right? It wasn't working. It was not working. So they saw it and they did it. They got rid of the guys that they could get rid of. Kudos to the Mets too. Yeah. They saw it, they saw it wasn't working and yeah. they broke it up. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. <laughs> T- tell tell me how Nikki Lopez does. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I I will <laughs> listen. I will say that they were sellers, but they did get better, right, for the future. Yes. Yes. And uh, the only thing that's clear with the Mets now. And you tell me if I'm wrong, is there punting on next year? Right? There's a punt for next year also. Not necessarily. Okay. Not not necessarily because you didn't trade a good core of players, right? You you still have Alonzo. You still have your product, Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos. You can give them some playing time. Some seasoning. You now have a formidable minor league core that you can deal from if you want to, mm-hmm. right? Because you strip down the organization to acquire guys like Marcus Stroman. You strip down your, t- your desperate attempt 
to bring in Javi Baez, lost you Pete Crow on, who was the number nine prospect at the time. So these moves ultimately stripped you down and bit you in the ass. But holding specs now, making some shrewd trades from the big league roster. Lindor, right, the Lindor trade, only took two guys off. It took Rosario and it took Jimenez. Jimenez, an all-star, one time. Let's see what he can do before I, before we say that trade is a, a success or not. And Rosario already got flipped for Noah Syndergaard. So you didn't really lose much out of that, right? You still have the, the studs, studs, and you added more, including Ronald Acuna's little brother. So, you know, much in the way that LaFour has a little brother, so too does Ronald Acuna. And imagine that. He gets traded to the Mets and he's automatically the number one prospect. He leapfrogged everybody. So, you know, they back to the Angels. Like, they fortified the bullpen. They brought in Dominic Leone. Good move. Like, you're, they are going for it. I'm really, really intrigued by what they're doing. Intrigued by what the Rangers are doing. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they bolstered their rotation for better or for worse. I'm not sure about Scherzer, but Montgomery definitely. I like Jordan Montgomery a lot. Love him. Love him. Love a guy. Friend of the program. Friend of the program. We thought he was going to be this generation's Andy Pettit in the Bronx, and it didn't work out. Fortunately for them, they netted Harrison Bader. And it was the best thing for him to get out of here because oh, totally. they we the Yankees didn't know what to do with him. No, completely. You know? And he, he did excellent, excellent for the Cardinals. I believe he had a sub four ERA. He had a lot of losses, but that wasn't his fault, you know. No, no, not at all. And I think another team that won in all this was Tampa. They got Aaron. <laughs> Naturally. Of course. <laughs> I mean it netted them their it, first base prospect their top infield prospect had to get back to Cleveland, but they got Aaron Savali. Like, this team desperately needs a starter. They couldn't get Otani. They went and got Aaron Savali. And I think that's going to fortify their rotation moving forward. As far as teams that, you know, didn't do as well as we thought, the Cubs needed to sell. They're not going anywhere. They won eight in a row, but they're not going anywhere. This is fool's gold. We said it in the production meeting. It doesn't mean shit. You had the opportunity to get out from under Cody Bellinger and turn him into a higher profile prospect. You had the opportunity to get out from under Marcus Stroman before he got hurt. Now he's hurt. And what are you going to show for this? A third place finish? A second place finish? The Brewers got better. The Reds didn't do much. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. that. I was surprised. I was surprised by their. They've just never been in this position before, right? Yeah. They've never been, they've never been a buyer, you know. I think that's pretty much what happened. I think they got stuck there. Yeah, I think they're just they're. I think they realize this is an action of a team that realizes that they're a year too early, and they're just going to let this season ride and whatever happens. But they're happens. also just a product of a shit division. That's true as well, but I can definitely see them, the Brewers in the rearview mirror catching up to them. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the I think the Reds realized that you know this wasn't you know this was too soon, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get we're gonna use this season, we're gonna get seasoning, 
We're going to, you know, get better from this. And whatever happens, happens. It, it, this season is a gravy season for Cincinnati, and they're trade they're treating it as such. You know, but the big, big winner, like I can't help but walk away thinking that the, the LA Angels, like they're they're in this thing and they beefed up to do it. I didn't even mention CJ Crone and Randall Richard. Like they they got deep and they got deep in a hurry. Perry yeah. Manassian did a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for me, I was, I was kind of disappointed. Like you said, I was disappointed with the Reds. They've never been in this position before, so I guess I'll give them a pass. Disappointed with the, the, the Twins, you know? <laughs> Figured they would do something there. They didn't. They didn't. Disappointed with the Red Sox, although I think the pickup of Urias will be helpful. Maybe down the line. It's really mixed um, signals because they were shopping for Dugo too. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yankees, catastrophic failure. Oh, we'll talk up uh, we'll talk about them later. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah um, we'll talk about them later. But Braves Braves, um, I'm happy with Brad Hand. Very happy with Brad Hand. The Nicky Lopez thing is just strange. <laughs> uh <laughs> thought we traded that guy and now he's back. I don't know. Kind of weird. Um but uh, for me, winner is the Rangers, the Rangers, the Rangers. They're all in this year. I know you're happy with the, the, what the job the Anaheim Angels did. But, I mean, bravo to their front office. We both had the Rangers dead in the water this year. They pulled us wrong. They're getting Montgomery. They're getting Scherzer. Those guys can pitch. You worry about Scherzer down the line. You worry about him in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. I'm not worried about Montgomery. I think he's the real deal. Um, what's his? Uh, what's the? Uh, what's the other pitcher, the former Yankee that they have, who's hurt right now? Nathan Valdi. Yeah. Who? Yeah. He's been pitching great. Um, he's my. He's my fantasy stud in my league. He's on my team. And he's hurt, so you know. Hopefully, Montgomery and Scherzer can help out there. My shock uh, face, Nathan Avaldi is hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, they have Seager. I believe he's coming off the aisle today. He's going to be ready. He had a thumb injury. Listen, it's going to be interesting to see the Rangers and the Astros in the ALCS. Let's see it. Let's see them play each other, and let's see Scherzer versus Verlander. And that, that's exciting to me. I think the Cubs missed out on not dealing Bellinger. I agree with you on that. And again, the Angels just got an ass whooping today from the Braves. So I'm still, I'm still on the in the area where I think they should have sold. I don't think, I don't think they're going to be able to measure up against the Astros. I don't think they're going to be able to measure up against the Rangers. Uh, I just don't see them being able to compete with those teams, even with the moves they made. Can they beat Tampa? Maybe. Tampa's Maybe. kind of fallen off a cliff. Yeah, they have. It was a bad July for them. Were they like seven wins? Five, so, yeah. six wins? Something crazy. It was like atrocious. It was seven wins. Yeah, seven wins in the month. So, yeah, maybe they could. I just I just think you could have got so much in return, and especially what you see what these other teams are able to do at the deadline. Um, but it was exciting. It was fun. Um and that, that's what I'm looking for going forward. I think it's all American League, right? I mean, we're just looking to see. We've got our popcorn out. We're looking to see what's going to happen in American League. I think the National League is pretty locked up. You saw even you saw the, the, the Dodgers just get some of their old guys back. 
Houston did the same thing. They went and got Verlander. I believe they got Gaussman too. Like they're just going to get their their old guy or Graveman. Gaussman. Count Graveman. Yeah, they went and got Graveman back. Like they're getting their old band back together. So for me, it's like all eyes are on the American League. Um, And let's see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, we're at this point, we're just looking to see how many teams from the American League West are going to do it or yeah. who's going to be right. the American League East. It's either going to be the, uh, you know, from what I can tell, it's going to boil down to three teams. You're going to have the Rays, the Jays, and the Angels. So you think the Jays, so you really think the Jays are in, huh? You think the Jays are... I think there are, there? Three, there are two teams, there are three teams, two spots. Okay. So... The Rays, I don't know if they did enough, but they definitely helped their squad. The Blue yeah. Jays, they brought in DeYoung. I think that's a good move, especially if you don't know the, uh, the extent of Bobochette's injury. Right. So. He's I a mean, good player. Was he like a 250 a, hitter? 260 yeah, hitter? Yeah. But he's there for defense. Like, he's really there for the glove. Like, DeYoung, De, Paul DeYoung is a very good shortstop defensively. He is. He and is. You, you have a lockdown closer in Jordan Hicks. I think yes. that they've done a good job, but have they done enough? But I think the Angels have done enough to leapfrog those two to where it's just the Rays and the Jays fighting it out for that last wild card spot. The, the I mean, I think the players are set in the National League. We may just shuffle positions, but I really think that, uh, you know, the players are set. Another team that I am extremely curious about, the Padres. The Padres are very, they're in New York Met territory, right? <laughs> the fathers. They're, de- they're the, the father, yeah, the, the fathers. Oh yeah, they're dead in the water, dead in the water. Very expensive, dead in the water team. They chose to add, albeit very small, but they did add nonetheless. They brought in Dick Mountain, you know, so good for him. Did Dick great, Mountain great, get great name? Yeah, Dick Mountain gets another gets a, another <laughs> run at it. So, you know, it, it makes you wonder, like, which team is going to be proven correct here? Like, we're going to see which strategy is going to play out in the end. It wouldn't surprise me if the Mets actually finish with a better record than the Padres. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Stranger things have happened. But at this point, it's, very, it's pretty well set the Cardinals could have done more. They could have unloaded more, I think. And, you know, at this point, we're in the dog days. And here's the thing. Like, in the past, and we're going to talk, we're going to touch more on this later. You used to have that safety net of the waiver deadline. You don't have that anymore. Like, you you can't go pick a, a cherry, you know, cherry pick a superstar player that they're trying to pass through waivers, Right. You're not going to be able to get an Alex Rios like the White Sox did that one year mm-hmm. when they just pick, they picked him off waivers from the Blue Jays. You're not going to be able to pick up Jose Canseco off of waivers to block another team from getting him. You're not going to get reinforcements down the stretch. So managers are going to have to play this a little bit more carefully. And I think managers are going to have to kind of navigate the dog days of August and early September to maximize people's health. So if you really want guys healthy and whole, you're definitely going to have to see and manage and actually manage how things go. 
avoid messy accidents, get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. But speaking of managing how things go, we're transitioning from baseball's trade deadline to the Women's World Cup. The U.S. Women's National Team drew Portugal nil-nil to advance out of the group stage as the second team in Group E. First time since 2011 that they've been the second team. They've drawn the strong Swedish team in the knockout round. With an extremely young team, they're only returning nine players from their 2019 World Cup victory. And the, we'll, we'll call them interesting, tactics of new manager Vlatko Andonovsky. What is the U.S. women's national team performance telling you so far? It's just telling me we've lowered our standards. I mean, the U.S. women should have been pissed after drawing Portugal. I don't think Portugal's ever scored a goal against us nope. in the history of playing one another. Nope. And we're laughing and giggling, having a grand old time after a tie. I think Carly, Car, Carly Lloyd ripped them, and ripped them rightfully so. You're the woman of the match, and she's smiling, happy. It's like, yeah, I get that you're moving to the next round, but you're far superior to this team talent-wise. It was the goal to play for the tie. I didn't look like it to me. And just, you know, it's they, if they're going to win this thing, if they're going to compete, their attitude and mindset has to change. You know, women's soccer teams of the past have been killers out there. These girls, they just, these women, they just, they didn't do it for me in the last two games. Well, I think some of it is spacing. Like, you do have some players who seem to be kind of like, bunching into each other and you know there's really not a fluidity and a chemistry like trinity robin has good chemistry with with uh, lindsey oran you know you need to have developed chemistry with other people too so the issue is tactics they're playing a high press like that doesn't that doesn't when it doesn't work, you're leaving yourself open. Like that mm-hmm. that's an issue. So that's all that's on the coach to a certain degree. You need to figure out like what your alignment's gonna be, your formation. Because right now it looked like Andonovsky wasn't sure. So he was using this group stage as kind of like almost like a crucible like he was a he was a test tube just trying to see how what would work with whom what combinations at one point Alyssa Nair the keeper was on the bench so it, you know you're trying to I guess you're trying to get the, the backup keeper I mean let's be let's be real yeah Nair. but let's be real I mean they got lucky right because Portugal had a chance in stoppage time they had a shot that would have likely won them the match go off the post could you imagine if that happened Could you that, imagine if that shot went in my stomach dropped <laughs> and it hit the post. Oh, you know, when, like, when you see it hit the post, like it, it gives you, you your stomach drops, but it, it like recoils. So like now you're nauseous. That's always that's always a fun feeling. But you know, the, you know, the U.S. was able to break through. They did have chances. They weren't playing. They weren't playing a shell. You know, it's not like they were just you know turtling up trying to get the draw. They were trying to win. So 
they weren't able to. Now, I mean, we still had some, we still have, you have chances. I mean, we have chances, but I'm saying we have, we still have veterans. I mean, Julie Ertz, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, they're surrounded by a group of young players, but where's the leadership, man? Like, we have no, we have, we have no margin for error in this next stage. You know, if we don't bring our A game moving forward, we're going home. I mean, it's not a doubt in my mind. And, and, and like you said, Sweden's not a pushover, man. You know, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna just be laughing and giggling. They're gonna try to rip our heads off. No, absolutely. The run, the, the rest of the world has upped its game to compete with America. Yes. So now America has to turn it up a notch. Now, getting out of the group stage, maybe the fire is lit under them, right? Maybe. Like, we'll see. But I hope that I, I mean, hope there's that pl- I, I mean, you you have. I don't really conflate the two things, like smiling after the game signing autographs, posing for pictures. I don't equate that with a lack of fire. I equate that with a professionalism that is required of them because they are such huge stars in the game of soccer internationally that it's their responsibility as part Mm -hmm. of growing the game. It's part Mm -hmm. of being any professional athlete. Like Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's professional responsibility was to go there after the game and sign autographs or post mm-hmm. for pictures. It's your it's your job as a professional. Okay. So if they weren't doing that, like I would say then like that would be more concerning to me. But because they were doing that and because they were, you know, I'm sure that deep down, I'm sure they were pissed that they didn't win the group. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't blame them. I, I wouldn't have, you know, if you win the group, you don't get a uh, you get an easier draw so to speak sweden is a very difficult opponent and they're going to play the united states tough now the question is is you know are they going to be ready i think they are now, you do have you you said you mentioned megan rapino right they they know how to use her they're using her off the bench to keep her legs fresh that makes sense right you have Ertz. Lavelle, she's gonna she's gonna be out of relief on, a, on a, an accumulation. You have Crystal Dunn, who's a very good defender. She's very good. Like you have a lot of players, and I'm I'm looking at Trandy Rodman to step up. Like I want to see her put something in the back of the net. Like that that's something I want to see. I want to see Alex Morgan step up, put one in the net. Like this is that's the, now's the time. Alyssa Nair's gonna pitch a shutout. Because now it's now it's serious. Like there's wiggle room in the group stage. Now it's win or go home. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at sweetlifebrownie underscore co for the latest updates. 
and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. To the NFL. And it's been a week in Indianapolis. First, there's a disputed report of a pre-training camp back injury to star running back Jonathan Taylor. Coincidentally or suspiciously, after owner after the owner Taylor's trade request, well, after suspiciously, Taylor's trade request went without a response from owner Jim Ursay. Now Taylor's backup, Zach Moss, has broken his arm. Jesus, he's out four weeks. You know, where where, where did Taylor and the Colts go from here? Well, Zach Moss, that, that bad luck from Buffalo continues. Ooh, he's so bad too. He's so he's, good. He's so good at getting injured. He's so <laughs> he's good, good at getting injured. He's a good player, man. I, I like can, him I a can't lot. tell. I believe he I went to Utah. Tell. Pretty sure he's a Utah I, I can't tell if Zach Moss is a good player because you rarely see him play. Like, he's street clothes. Forget Anthony Davis. He's street clothes. But, you know, I can't say that this goes anywhere but Jonathan Taylor suiting back up for the Colts. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I really don't see it. I mean, yes, you want to be traded. I'm sure this is part of the conference call, the mythical conference call at this point. They got Saquon yeah. Barkley 1.1 additional million dollars. Woohoo! Well done, Saquon. But I gotta feel like this is posturing. Like the Colts don't want to pay him. Jonathan Taylor wants to get paid. This is the same league that is devaluing your position. So what are you legit? What are you legitimately gonna get for Jonathan Taylor? Right? Who's interested in? Well, who side? The, I mean, who side the, the, the do you Chiefs. on? Who side are you on here? Like, are you on Taylor's side? Or are you on the Colts side? Like, do you think the Colts should pay him? I think that I can't trust Jim Irsay's judgment. Mm-hmm. Jim Irsay, in in recent history, has not proven to be of sound mind in a lot of decisions like hiring Jeff Saturday who had let me think no coaching experience much less NFL oh, head coaching yeah, I experience. forgot about that guy yeah so you know between turning your quarterback position into a carousel right you had the, the issue with Saturday I am inclined to believe Jonathan Taylor right I, I'm inclined to go with the running back in this instance, especially in light of what's been happening around the league in terms of value in in the running back position, right? You still have Dalvin Cook available. You still have Daniel Elliott available. This seems to be a concerted effort to kind of minimize the role and impact of the running back position. And by doing so, you also deflate the wages of these guys. So, I, you know, there's plenty of smoke there. This just seems to be the latest. Now, as far as he said, the he said, he said of the back injury was reported, back injury was not reported. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate onto, on what was happening there. But I'm inclined to go 
with Jonathan Taylor on this because of who is on the other side of that table. If it was a different owner, maybe I'd be inclined to think that, okay, maybe something was there. But because Jonathan Taylor's on one side and Jim Irsay's on the other side, I'm more likely to agree with Taylor. Still, the end result is he's going to end up playing. He's going to end up playing under the terms of his deal, and then they're going to go from there. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, there's a couple of different ways to attack this. Um, so from from Colts management standpoint, I'm, I'm not inclined to give you a contract because you had a down year last year and you got hurt. So if you came out guns blasting this year, guns blazing, like in six games, you got like over 500 yards rushing and over like, I don't know, so let's say 200 or 300 yards receiving. All right, you're getting your extension, you know? Um, there's a lot of miles on this guy, Z. I mean, mm-hmm. let's not forget, he, I believe he was the rushing champ in college at Wisconsin. He comes in his rookie year and he crushes it. And then last year, I mean, his numbers were down and then he got hurt. Um, so I'm not, I'm not inclined to pay you. You know, especially with the attitude that you're having. I think this is something that the GM, Ballard, really needs to go and talk to him. And just, it needs to be a heart, and not agent, you need to go talk to the player. And be like, listen, man, like, you're the best player on our team. You're the best player on our team, okay? We're not going anywhere without you. And no. you mean a lot to this community. You mean a lot to this city. We plan on we plan on you being a cult for life, but meet me in the middle here. Like we're just in training camp. Forget about what the owner said. Forget about what Ursay said. Okay, forget about all that stuff. You're a good you're you're a good to great football player. Let's let's get through the first six games and see where we net out. Like I understand where you're coming from. You want to get paid. I want to pay you. I want you to be here, but got to meet me in the middle somewhere you got to work with me on this and i think if you come in with that attitude you got a chance but on the flip side you know taylor taylor's not in a position of power this is not the nba dude you can't just go in and say trade me they laugh at you they're not gonna trade you why should they trade you you're still in the contract here don't you don't want to play don't play that doesn't hurt me that hurts you Look and see how that worked out for every other running back. You're not going to get blood from a stone in this situation, you know? So I think he he needs to relax a little bit. Ballard needs to smooth this over. Arisay needs to shut up. And, I mean, if they do give him permission to seek a trade, the one team that would re- that has already reached out and has gauged interest in the, the Jonathan Taylor trade is the Chiefs. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. Cool. So. And you wonder I, why. You wonder why. Because I heard that they drafted some kid who's tearing it up in training camp. They have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They have Pacheco. Why did they, Why would they need Jonathan Taylor? And and they're a th- and they're a throwing team. They're not a running team. No, they're not. They, they're absolutely a, a passing team. But I think deep down it's in, in his heart, Andy Reid fancies himself a running coach that passes. If you, okay. think back, if you think back to the Eagles offense, right, you always had a good running back to go yeah. with Donovan McNabb. Yeah. There was always a, a counter punch. 
to that just in case Donovan wasn't delivering the goods. He also and doesn't it, come off to me like a Westbrook type, though. Like, he doesn't come off to me as that kind of running back. I would think a team like... I would think a team like maybe the Dolphins would be really interested because that could really help them. You know, I wouldn't think... I wouldn't think that the Chiefs would really need him. It's it's hard it's hard to trade players in training camp. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you're no, still absolutely. evaluating you're still evaluating all your talent. You don't know how good you are. You're trying to figure that out. And then it all comes down to also scheme. I mean, especially when you're talking about running back. I mean, what what scheme what scheme has he been in the last two years? What scheme do we run? Are we zone blocking scheme or a reach team? Like Right. What what is he good at? Like I don't, you know, that's that's the other thing. He to me, he comes off to me as like a power runner. I mean, he was running out of the eye in Wisconsin, so that that's power running territory. I don't know, you know, I don't. The Chiefs, I would think the Chiefs have a zone blocking scheme the way they have everything in space, but I don't really know for sure. A team that might be kicking themselves right now is the Carolina Panthers, because who's over there? Jonathan Taylor's old coach, mm-hmm. Frank Reich. So mm-hmm. would, do, wouldn't you think he would love to have Jonathan Taylor instead of Miles Sanders? I don't know, man, because I, it, like in the NFL, it's more about building something, right? It's mm-hmm. not it's not a flash in the plan. You make a trade for like stars don't get traded a lot in the NFL because usually we're building up towards something. We're building somewhere like even Tom Brady. Tom Brady get traded. He signed with the Bucks. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. It's not always this high-profile trade. You're usually building up to something with the young talent you have, and where you're trying to get there. You know, it doesn't bringing in Jonathan Taylor when you've already got Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders is like, all right, we got a lot of running backs now. You know, and the other part I think that that I would say is as the GM is like, listen, we just we got a rookie quarterback here. It would make my life a lot easier if you are here and you play because I want a lot of second and sixes and not second and 11s, you know, for this Mm -hmm. game. And we're building something here. Like, we got the quarterback. We got the running back. We got the receivers. We got a good line. Like, we're we're building. We're, we're, We're almost where we need to be, if not there right now. So, come on, work with me, man. Like, as long as you keep playing good, we're going to pay you. We take care of our players here. It's the Indianapolis Colts, you know? It's not, they don't have a history of not paying people. Like, they take care of good players. No, they definitely do. They, I mean, they, they take care of players that perform for them. But you definitely do need to be concerned about the direction of the organization, especially since you've been there for the past three years and it has kind of gone off the rails. If you're Jonathan Taylor, you're, you know, you have every right to be suspicious of what's going on. And, you know, now granted the grass isn't always greener, as we know, like like you've mentioned, zone like zone versus, you know, different blocking schemes. Like a different line will produce different results, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he lets this go a little bit further. I mean, they're down to their third string running back already. So who's to say they don't get desperate and place a call to Zeke and have him work out? Who's to say that that doesn't happen? Who's to say that they don't call Taylor's bluff here? 
Like it's, it's, it's definitely within the realm of possibility that that could happen. But what you don't want to happen is for, for a beef to create, to a beef between player and owner and player and management. You don't want that to fester long term because then that is going to poison the well and that's going to ruin the season before you even take off. Where this beef is potentially hazardous. The beef between the Broncos and the Colts, the, excuse me, the Broncos and the Jets, that beef is spicy. From the Colts to Broncos, spicy, spicy beef between the Jets and the Broncos. New head coach Sean Payton went off on previous HC and current OC of the NYJ, Nathaniel Hackett, saying that Hackett did one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. Hackett's new quarterback, his old quarterback, Aaron Rodgers lashed back at Peyton, saying that Peyton is insecure and he should keep Hackett's name out of his mouth. To make these even spicier, guess which two teams play each other week five? Whose side do you want here? Denver or the Jets? Uh, I'm on Denver's side. Um, you know, I, I, I was... I was talking to a couple of friends of mine about this, you know, and people in the league. And I think Sean Payton is doing this just to get the best out of Russell Wilson. He's not taking shots at the Jets. He's not taking shots at Hackett. This is about trying to get the pressure off of Russell Wilson. And what I believe, I believe they're in training camp. And I think Russell looks like shit. And he's trying to say, you know what, man? This was all the last coaching staff. This was all the old news regime. I'm here. I'm going to fix things now. Things are going to get better. You're going to be better. We are going to be better. I have a ring to show, like, why we're going to be better. And that's what I think this is about. This is just about boosting his guy up, boosting his team up. You know, he's coming out publicly and, and blaming the coaching staff in an effort to get the best out of Russell Wilson this, this season. And... You know, I, I he took things a step further, you know, by going after the Jets for going for doing hard knocks. But I like I think it's it's Sean knows Sean knows the Broncos hired Hackett to get Rodgers and that didn't happen. You know, it didn't happen. And when that deal did not work out, the Broncos went and got Russell Wilson and, and Hackett could not coach Russell's skill set. Maybe nobody can, but you know Hackett's offense demands a certain level of quarterback play, and Rush just doesn't have it. Um, but we're gonna see. We're gonna find out. People are gonna have to put their money where it is. Uh, come, you know, come week whatever of the season. So see who you want. Who side you want? Objectively, you can't argue that that. Nathaniel Hackett did a good job. Right, right. You can't. You can't. I mean, he's just saying, he's just spitting the truth, dude. And the fact that you come out and say, like, oh, man, there's a there's a coach can coach code. What coach code, man? You fucking suck last year. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, he's con- – like, it, people couldn't stand his dad either. People, oh, thought, his, people thought Paul Hackett sucked. Awful. Awful. So he's just carrying on the legacy. Yes. So, but, 43, 43 years of trash. <laughs> now, can I interest you in this statistic? 
the total number of points scored by the Denver Broncos last year. 287. Average 16.9 per game. Worst in the league. <laughs> Objectively, worst in the league. Hackett got canned after 15 games. You cannot, with any degree of sugar, right? You can't sugarcoat any of this. It was a bad job by him. It was a bad job by Russ. It was a bad job of anybody who walked in that goddamn building last year. <laughs> if you but, put if you put on a Broncos jersey last year, you had a bad year. But how see, how good could your offense possibly be, right? How good could your scheme possibly be if you need a four-time MVP Super Bowl winning quarterback to run the offense? Right? No, like, it's it's true. It's I'm, not, true. I'm not I'm not I'm not understanding this. Like, oh well, the Jets are so good, all we need is a quarterback. So let's go get Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers and you know with him we'll win. Well, yeah, right? You should. Right? I mean, I don't... But let's let's look at the other moves they made, right? They didn't just get Aaron Rodgers. They brought in Alan Lazard. They brought in Randall Cobb. They brought in Packers. Yeah. Right? They brought in guys who are familiar with Nathaniel Hackett's system. Like, if you need to bring in guys who know this system already and can teach the system, perhaps the system is a little too complex. Right. Right. Perhaps there's a, a learning curve that you know that needs to happen here. But I, I don't know I'm about. With, I'm with the Jets for this yeah. reason. I wait I'm before with, you before you yeah. say you're with the Jets. All I know is is I cannot wait to see Zach Wilson run this offense tomorrow night. Oh, I cannot wait to see this kid run this offense tomorrow night. Oh man, that's appointment television. Ooh, <laughs> you, it, it's league's cup. So. You thought NY- Russell Wilson was bad. <laughs> NYCFC Red Bulls in the league cup, or Russ or Zach Wilson running Nathaniel Hackett's offense. Oh my God, that's a train wreck right? waiting to happen. Oh my God, depends on how I feel. Oh my goodness, but I'm with the Jets for this reason. Sean Payton did not need to do this. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He went out of his way to try and trash Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. He, there was nothing there that couldn't that could not have been said in private, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We like you go to Russ after you kicked all of his coaches out, right? You you took away his office. You did everything that you know you said you were going to do. You were Joe Hardass, and you know you're saying you, you're these moves are making a particular statement to Russell Wilson. Then you go your back channel, you go and you sit with Russ and say, dude, we know that this guy sucks. We know his offense sucks. Like, he needs Aaron Rodgers to run it. Like, he, no one else can run it except a four-time MVP. Like, we get it. So, there's a way to make Russell Wilson feel special. And there's a way to make Russell Wilson feel good about himself without having to go out of his, go out of your way to trash Nathaniel Hackett and involve Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, you know, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I, I may need to, like, I may need to lay down after this, but I'm I'm actually sticking up for Aaron Rodgers here. He did a good job, right? Somebody called out his coach. He stepped in. I find it interesting that when he does defend him, he doesn't talk about his football acumen. He's always talking about how he's a good man. He's a family man. 
good person. He never mentions his acumen for football. I always think that's very interesting. That is interesting. It, it's, it's kind of talked about in the same way people talked about Adam Gase. Because, you know, it wasn't, like, you couldn't say anything positive about the way Adam Gase coached. I said, his crazy eyes. Like, Adam Gase's crazy eyes were the, the, the most important, like, the, the biggest thing about him. I mean, it is very fitting that he was the head coach of both teams. So, of course you know, he was. Of course he was. But, yeah, I mean, Sean Payton is in the wrong here. And Aaron Rodgers did a good job standing up for his coach. As far as what's going to happen on week in week five, they're going to Denver. Yeah, it's not an easy place to play, regardless no. of who you are. No, it's it's not an easy p- place to play. The Broncos secondary is good. <laughs> yeah, so, they are. I'm really hoping Zach Wilson plays in that game. <laughs> like that, it, it's going to be a really good game. It didn't need the extra spice, but I, I'm glad. It, I'm glad you got the extra spice out of it. I know. Tony Kornheiser was, you know, begging for the the flex job, like flexing it into Sunday night because of the beef. But I doubt people are going to remember that by the time they're not. They'll the media will try and drag it back up, yeah. but by, by that time you're going to have all of training camp and you're going to have the first four weeks of the season. Like for all we I mean, Russell Wilson could be out for the season at that point. Aaron Rodgers could be out for the season at that point. Like you know. Sean Payton could realize Sean Payton realized he made a mistake and retired. Nah, like, you know, I think he's wild, in for the long haul. Wild things can happen. Like it's it's a, an NFL season. Like yeah. injuries occur all the time. So it's hard. To, you're, you can't predict this far out, but it's definitely going to be an interesting ride. But you know, I just hope that this was somehow put into so, somehow this makes an episode of Hard Knocks. Like, yeah, I just, right. I just, I just hope HBO gets a piece of this and is able to kind of work its magic. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events store openings or just because Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art creating decorative installations for your special occasions no event is too big or too small and their custom personalization service is top notch Westchester Popstars is a private studio quickly expanding in-person consultation is by appointment only send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment no need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester pop stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. From beef to the boardroom, as the NBA issued a memo that any player or player representative will be held subject to discipline if they make claims that imply a withhold of services called for under terms of a contract. I just straightened my invisible tie. In other words, Dame Willard can't sit out if he doesn't get traded to a team other than the Heat. Is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? Yeah, so I went back and forth on this, but I don't think it's any deal at all. 
I think now instead of going public with this information, players and agents will just quietly do it. Um, interestingly enough, I think the market has actually really cooled down on Lillard. Uh, I think even Miami is backing away just because of what the Blazers are asking for. And this could cost this could be costly for the Trailblazers and for Lillard. Well, it removes whatever leverage he may have, right? Like, oh, trade me to Miami or I'm not going to play. Well, you can't do that now. Like, you have to go. And what's going to happen? He's going to develop a phantom injury? Like, what? Well, you know, oh, we traded you to the Indiana Pacers. Oh, my back. <laughs> my back. Oh, oh, my God, my back. You know, it's a bad look for him, right? Because... Everybody knows what this is aimed at. Everybody knows what this is all about. I think that it's a little deal. It's not a complete no deal. If it was no deal, they wouldn't have have had to issue the memo. So it's definitely it, it's definitely enough of an issue that it needs to be warranted because it's so out there, like yeah. you mentioned. Like people are so brazenly. Like approaching this and using this as a tactic. Oh, I'm just going to sit out. Okay, we still own your rights. Right. Like, like, okay. Pretty like, sure we could dock your pay, too. Pretty but much. But they do get a lot of guaranteed money, but I mean, you can't. Like, I mean, I just. You're going to sit out a year. What's the like, point? Like, what, what's the what point of creating this contract if you're not going to honor the contract? That's what I don't understand. Then why did you sign this contract? You know what I mean? Like, you're the one that said you wanted to be here and get all this money up front and and you're going to be a blazer forever, a blazer for life. So when you come in my office and you're asking me to trade you to a certain place, it's like, nah, dude, don't work like that, man. It don't work. No, like, there are commitments, but at the same time, like the organization needs to hold its commitment to the player as well. So you have to... You have to kind of do right by the player. The player has to do right by you, right? It's a contract between two parties. So it's it's something, it's, it's not a good look for Lillard. It's not a good look for his representative. It's not a good look for the NBA because now it's out in the open. Right? It's the things that you want to keep behind the curtain that you're unable to do. And, you know, it's, it's only going to get worse if it's unchecked. So I, I'm, I, I can't, first I'm giving Aaron Rodgers credit, now I'm giving Adam Silver credit. Oh my God. What is wrong with me today? Can you tell me what to, I don't know, but you know, I don't know. Next thing you know, I'm going to, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like next thing you know, I'm gonna give Rob Manfred credit. That like, guy. Oh, Jesus! If, if I start, that's my safe word. If you, if I start giving credit to Rob Manfred, you know I'm being kidnapped. <laughs> but um, kudos to Adam Silver for getting out in front of this situation that he helped create. He did help create it by the the laissez-faire relationships he has with players and agents. But this is something the NBA needs to curtail. And if this is going to curtail at least the perception of it, where, you know, now we have to back channel it more, then I guess we can call that a small win. But 
specific to this case, I still think he ends up in Miami, right? Because eventually, eventually, like he'll he'll work his way back to that, and both sides will work to an agreement. Now, they may have to involve more teams, and it might have to take more time because the the Blazers don't have to abide by the time frame set forth by Lillard. They're on their own time. They can hold Lillard out until the season, the midway through the season to the trade deadline. It's their prerogative. And if Lillard wants to do that and actively screw over his team, well, that's going to give any team that acquires him some pause, at least you would think. Right? This guy's willing to tank a season to get what he wants. What's he going to do once he gets here? Is he going to be in shape? What's going to happen if we go in the tank? Like that's it's a it's a brave new world, right? These are questions that need to be that need to be explored, that need to be answered, and NBA officials, NBA ownership and management need to really seriously consider that before they make a transaction, particularly of a guy who has in the past been so public, as you mentioned, and is been so public in the opposite direction now. So the cat's out of the bag on this. Everybody knows it's happening. It's too late to get that. It's too late to kind of undo all this with a memo. But, you know, put some teeth on it. Maybe it'll at least move back into, you know, private conversation rather than negotiation in the public. It might make it a little bit more palatable, but... You know, it's going to continue. You're absolutely right. It's just... It's just that unsavory bit of business that we know gets done and they have... They've just pulled back the curtain. We're supposed to pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Remember that? Wise man once said that. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Stop pulling the curtain back. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. All right, boys and girls, we have a statement and it's either bullshit or no shit. Bullshit or no shit. Number one, broadcasting the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon is a bad idea. Oh, no, I'm going to go bullshit on this. I think it's a great idea. Get kids involved, sell more advertising dollars, grassroots marketing, make more money. I'm all about it. I think some of the things they do on there are funny, like slime and when teams score, all the graphics that come up on the board. I think it creates a fun atmosphere for children. It helps them get involved in the NFL. 
I'm gonna go bullshit as well. I wanna hate this. I do. I want to, but I can't. If you're going to grow the game, and it seems like it's working, because they continue to do it, right? You still have the, you know, young Sheldon is your rules expert. You still have the, the slime celebrations. You have, you know, the MVP, right? All those little facets of the broadcast that make it fun and make it interesting. It's, uh, you know, it, it can help grow the game. It definitely can. And if they want to take the Super Bowl broadcast and they want to make it more kid-friendly to get kids engaged, because let's be real here. The Super Bowl may be on the big TV, but the Nickelodeon version will be on the iPad. So the adult will be able to watch the big TV, the kid will be able to watch the iPad, and everybody's happy. Right? This is true. That's a a win. I think that's a win. You put on some kid-friendly, you know, you have, you know, in an alternate site, you have a kid-friendly celebrity sing the national anthem you have a kids halftime show go all in on this like make it an event for them as much as you make it an event for the adults right like rihanna went 20 something minutes last year you can have an act specifically for the kids on their ipad on nickelodeon and you can keep the kids engaged and keep them entertained and then once the, the game proper comes back on we're all set and ready to go. I think it's a really good idea. And, you know, maybe I'm softening in my old age, but I think, you know, I'm willing to say I was wrong about the Nickelodeon broadcasts. And I think it's going to help grow the game. It's going to help with the viewership. And ultimately, it's going to be fine. It's going to be a fine broadcast. Bullshit or no shit. Number two. The Broncos should call Jarvis Landry and Julio Jones. (laughs) No, I'm saying bullshit on this, man. I think the Broncos are fine. Those guys are done. We've seen what they can do. Landry was dropping passes left and right last year. Julio was hurt. Judy and Sutton is all they need. If if anything, pick you don't need another, you don't need a veteran. Get some of these XFL guys. Get some of these USFL guys. Get some rookies. Um, let them fill the open positions. So I'm going bullshit. I'm going to go bullshit as well. Just from the standpoint of... You have Judy. You have Sutton. They like Marvin Mims a lot. So he should get first crack. After that, though... Mm, depth is an issue. <laughs> Marquez Callaway, okay. He's good. Kendall Hinton, you know, he makes a good quarterback. So, he, you know, a guy like Landry might be worth a look. Like, he may be worth a look. Other guys that might be worth a look, I mean, they already look, they're looking at Sammy Watkins. Okay, that, that might be fine. But even a guy like Andre Roberts, yeah, he's 35, but he can also help you in the kick return game. Mm-hmm. He's he's a pretty solid pickup. You can pick up 
I mean, <laughs> if you really want to torture yourself, you go get Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Like, wow, player. that guy's unemployed, huh? <laughs> Shocker. He doesn't need to work again after that Giants contract. <laughs> That's just so. True. Carson Wentz unemployed also. Yeah. Uh, say no more. Um, <laughs> Shocker. Of the two, I think Landry has more juice in the tank than Julio Jones does. Mm. He's a little bit younger. Yes, he, you know, Julio played 10 games last year as opposed to Landry's nine. Landry only had one touchdown last year. Mm. But, yeah. But you also have to take into account, mm, like, it was a mess. So... (laughs) You give him more stability. Maybe Russ finds him a couple more times. Like that—that that might be worth a look. But you don't need both. I, I'm in agreement. You don't need both. One is fine. And if you're going to go with one, go with Juice. Bullshit or no shit. Number three, Brian Cashman is officially on the hot seat. Oh my gosh, no shit. Uh, his seat is either on fire. Or it's completely non-existent. Mm-hmm. The roster he put together was awful. Last place heading into August for the first time since 1990. Six, seven, eight, nine hitters are dreadful. Team is not serious about winning. They joke around in the dugout when they're losing. DJ LeMahieu is back to earth. And no serious moves were made in the trade deadline. Adios, muchacho. <laughs> well, I'm going no shit as well, but it's just a nice little piece of trivia. Oh, we have me on everything this week. We do. Like, we are in lockstep. That's very surprising. But he started his tenure, right, as Yankees general manager in 1998. What's notable about the 98 draft is one of the players that he selected decided to go to college and not sign with the Yankees. Mark Pryor. The Yankees could have had the Yankees could have had Mark Pryor. Instead, he decided to go to college. So, starting off on a very auspicious run. Now, in that time, in those very early success, right? We I mean we can that's undisputed. 98 they win the World Series. 99 they win the World Series. 2000 they win the World Series. You and you you get there. 2001, they get you game seven of the World Series. So, there's plenty of early success. Now, that 98 team, 99, 2000, a lot of that was the remnants of Bob Watson and, and Stick Michael, right? The Paul O'Neills, the Tino Martinez's, Roger Clemens, David Wells. All of those acquisitions were made. Actually, no, Roger Clemens was made by Cashman. Everybody else? was acquired prior by Watson or Stick Michael. Now he supplemented. He didn't he did in fact supplement, right? He went and got the Glen Allen Hills of the world, the Jose Canseco's. He brought in ancillary players to a core. And then once that core started leaving, then you go into full buy mode, right? Kevin Brown Randy Johnson, Gary Sheffield. Sheff was a good Yankee. We're not going to get that twisted. Gary Sheffield was a very good Yankee. Hideki Matsui, very good Yankee. Jason Giambi. That that kind of dark ages 
got you nothing. Jacoby Ellsbury, very good Jacoby Yankee. Jacoby Ellsbury. Carl Pavano, very good Yankee. Um, very high-paid Yankee. Kevin very Brown, very good Yankee. Oh, God, Kevin Brown. That was, uh, that was a mistake. Nick Johnson, very good Yankee. But now in the pet, Keigawa. Keigawa, extremely good Yankee. Chin Ming Wong, very good Yankee. Chin, Chin Ming Wong was back-to-back 19-1 seasons. He's nothing to – that's nothing to – Did you slip see. on the plate? What happened back there? <laughs> He was running. Actually, there is a documentary on Chiming Wong's path back to the majors. It's actually really good. You should check it out. So it was back when like, he was out of baseball and he was trying to get back in. And he ended up getting signed by the, the Royals. But it's through, it's the process, his rehab process. And it, it was fascinating. It was very fascinating. And, and Cashman makes a cameo. But in recent vintage, right, the Yankees have kind of fallen off a cliff. Chuck Knobloch, very good Yankee. Chuck no- when he was a left fielder. Chuck Knobloch at second base, look out. Look out. <laughs> Wear a helmet in the stand. I'm, I'm, if Chuck would have been fine if they put the safety netting up, like, all those years ago. But they've, tr- they've thrown good money after bad, and it has not worked. LeMayu had three great seasons, cratered. Rizzo, not having a great year, right? Started out hot, cratered. Stanton was a quizzical move when they made it, right? We need a lefty power bat. Bryce Harper is available. Let me get Giancarlo Stanton. Okay. So, fine, I guess. You know, Juan Soto is available. Do you do you trust that he'll be able to negotiate a contract with Juan Soto? I don't. Like, he brought in Donaldson. Like, he's he put together this stew, right? Aaron Boone is trying to cook it, but Cashman has put together this stew that is in last place, cannot hit without Aaron Judge, cannot pitch without Garrett Cole. Carlos Rodon's been a disaster. You know, the bullpen was good until it got overused. That sounds familiar. Joe Torre used to do that all the time, too. So, at this point, the order, the direction of the organization needs to change. The voices at the top need to change. And that starts with Cashman. And once Cashman goes, Boone has to pack his desk as well. There is no reason absolutely no reason that he should survive if Cashman goes. Clean house, you get a new GM, you get a new manager, and you start from scratch. You get out from under some of these odious contracts. You know, Josh Donaldson, don't let the door hit you on the way out. You explore trades for for Stanton. You try and get some of the dead weight off this team, get more athletic. You bring back Harrison Bader. That was one bright spot, but it cost you Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> Hello? So, whatever good you did, you're undoing. And yes, you didn't hit on Hughes as a starter. You didn't hit on Chamberlain. You didn't hit on Kennedy. You didn't hit on a lot of big-time prospects. But now you're prospect hugging. That's the I'm other afraid. thing. Clint Frazier, you traded you traded Andrew Miller for Clint Frazier, and then 
ran Clint Frazier out of the organization. Now, Clint Frazier had a hand in running himself. Destroyed his career. Poor kid. Clint Frazier certainly had a hand in running himself out of the organization. So he's, you know, it takes two to tango. But he definitely, like, Cashman didn't help. A lot. uh, Miguel Andujar. Second in rookie of the year voting. And he's on the Scranton shovel. Now he's where? Indianapolis, I think. He's in AAA for the, the Pirates. I'm pretty sure. Like, Dude, what the hell? You were like, you were, you finished second. You finished second in rookie of the year. And I now you decided you're... to buy his ball over getting Otani's ball. Ooh. Big mistake. Ooh. Ooh, just a bit outside. Tried the corner and missed. <laughs> My goodness. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're valuing Jason Dominguez. They're valuing, you know, they're valuing these prospects. Like, Peraza... Volpe, we're seeing Peraza and Volpe at least. Dominguez, they're just like keeping him under wraps, man. And it makes you wonder, like, when they finally decide to get rid of him, like, what's he going to be? Florial, they held on to him for years. I still don't know what the hell he is. That's all on Brian Cashman. Like, whatever good you did, you have rapidly undone in a hurry. Pardon me, I was thinking you wanted to get fired. At one point, I think you were just, like, daring to be fired. But they gave you an extension instead. It's like, fuck. What the hell am I going to do to get out of here? What do I got to do? Well, it appears to be... We appear to be at that point. He's got to go. He has to go. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that D&Z sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. again for the alleged superstar of the week ladies and gentlemen here's how it goes we put a poll on our twitter account at fade route dnz and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote and the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and the coveted ash trophy and do you know who took home the coveted ash trophy last week D? i don't atlas fc so for the twitter account that tried to prove its point by using Nazis as an example. Never use Nazis as an example. Never use Nazis as an example. But that was last week. This is this week. 
who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? All right, first up, we've got your favorite general manager, Brian Cashman. In a world of buyers, Brian, and sellers, the New York Yankees picked up Kenyan Middleton. <laughs> who? Exactly, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> you, Brian Cashman, are our Alleged Superstar of the Week. Number two, Nathaniel Hackett. Your response to Sean Payton saying you did a terrible job in Denver is that he broke the code, the coach's code. 43 years as a coach and a kid and a, a coach's kid. And that is your response to him telling you you did a bad coaching job in, in Denver. Oops. Go back to getting your offensive players to making animal noises. Nathaniel Hackett, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, the U.S. women's team. We do not hold back on this show. Celebrating after a disappointing tie to Portugal. Dancing, smiling. You're lucky you're not going home. You're a crossbar away from going home. The U.S. women... Our U.S. women usually have a higher standard. The U.S. women's soccer team. You are my alleged superstars of the week. What do you got, Z? Good choices. All good choices. I'm going to start with Charlotte FC. You know that you could potentially be in the League's Cup knockout round. And congratulations, you advanced. The problem is, is that you scheduled a Beyonce concert on the same day of your big match with Cruz Azul. Thousand fifteen miles away is where you have to go play. You have to go play in Frisco, Texas, because you double book. Charlotte FC, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Check your calendars, people. Number two, Max Scherzer. Whoa, Max Scherzer. Not not even for his terrible play. <laughs> not even for the whiplash you're giving Met fans with your multiple home run games. It's how you handled yourself on the way out. Making private conversations between yourself and Billy Epler public. Don't do that. It's unprofessional. And it's not like they sent you to Siberia, dude. They sent you to a contender. They sent you to a first place team. Be gracious. Be thankful for your time as a Met. And move on. It's a 30-second conversation. Everything else is no comment. That's all you needed to do. Max Scherzer, you are my alleged superstar of the week. He's been here multiple times at this point. I, I think, you know, it's... We might just have to name the award after Max. Like, uh, no, the Rob Banford Award. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. No. Oh, and last but not least, Jim Harbaugh getting suspended over burgers. You met, you illegally met recruits at a burger joint in Michigan, and you did your deal there. But as usual, the cover-up is worse than the crime with the NCAA, and you're getting penalized for lying. You lied to the NCAA about your interactions with these kids. Right. Jim, Bobby, you know better. You've been doing this for how long? 
knock off the crap. Jim Harbaugh, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Honorable mention to Eduardo Rodriguez, who didn't, who rejected a trade to the Dodgers from the Tigers. I just thought this, this notes stayed. Dude, what the hell are you doing? Do you not like winning? I'm just throwing that out there. Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, honorable mention, alleged superstar of the week for being a buffoon. But I think we've said our case. We've stated our case. We've said our piece. Go to our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. Order up! Our division by division NFL preview continues this week as we order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the AFC North from 4 to 1. Who you got, the Jeez, I mean, the AFC North might be one of the best divisions in football. I had a really tough time with this. Um, So I'm going to start with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like TJ, TJ Watt will get hurt. Pickett is still learning the ropes. They, are, they rely heavily on Najee Harris. Deontay Johnson had a bad year last year. I don't think he caught any touchdowns last year. Um, they'll finish above 500, but I think they'll miss the playoffs. Number three, I'm going with the Browns. I think they play well. I just think the Bengals and Baltimore will be play better. But watch out for the Browns in 2024. Number two, I'm going with Bengals. I'm thinking. I'm thinking this Joe Burrow calf is going to be a problem all year. I mean, I hurt. I hurt my calf. And it still isn't the same. I mean, I don't have all the resources Joe has, but I think it's going to be nagging, especially when it starts to get cold. And number one, I got Baltimore. I think Lamar stays healthy, performs well with Dobbins, Odell, and Flowers. I think the question marks are really around the defense, but I'm I'm sticking with my team. I'm going with Baltimore. Try not to be a homer, but all right. What do you got, Z? That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Baltimore has been a reliable team for years, so it you know it doesn't make you a homer. Like they're they're perennially at the top of their division, so that, that's that is fine. I'm with you on the Steelers. Like I am really unsure what to make of them. You know, another year of Kenny Pickett. What are you going to get? George Pickens is the guy. Is he the guy? I don't know. Like, T.J. Watt, yes. Minka Fitzpatrick is a stud, but like, 
what are you going to get? I'm I'm still not a hundred percent sure. Third place, I'm with you. The Browns, talented squad, very talented squad, super talented. Yeah, but that's the Browns. <laughs> that's that's them every year. Browns are going to brown. It's just it's inevitable. It's just a matter of time before the Browns brown. A full year of Deshaun Watson, provided he stays on the straight and narrow. But that's the story of the Cleveland Browns, especially in recent vintage. They're super talented, get in their own way. That's good enough for third place. Second place, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Again, supremely talented. Really good. Dobbins needs to stay healthy. Beckham needs to stay healthy. Jackson needs to stay healthy. Like that's a problem. Like you, you need all of these guys to stay healthy, and they haven't had the best track record of doing so. I think Flowers is going to be in the discussion for Rookie of the Year. I think Zay Flowers, if Lamar Jackson is healthy, I think he has a good shot to be the Rookie of the Year. But that's a big if, right? Andrews is going to be there. Andrews is solid. If, if, if they can stay healthy. And the division goes to, at number one, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Joe Burrow cap injury does bug me. But I'm banking on Joe Mixon this year. I think Joe Mixon Joe is going to have a hell of a year. At least he's going to help carry the load, right? Until Burrow is healthy and until Burrow is ready to go. Now, he'll miss a few weeks. And that is going to be an issue. Joe Burrow is going to miss time. That's about weathering the storm, right? The Bengals are talented enough that they can weather the storm. Their defense is is solid. They have tons of talent. If they can weather that storm and Burrow comes back ready to roll, watch out because this team could be on a collision course with the Chiefs yet again and could once again be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Do not bet against Cincy this year. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay fade, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.